Welcome to Awkwards Anonymous, the podcast where two sisters stricken with the disease to please share their experiences and opinions while making a conscious effort to be unapologetically honest. Sorry if anything we say offends you. Oh, shoot. I'm not supposed to say that. Come on, Missy. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Missy. Full disclaimer, you guys. We are recording at my house this uh, week, and reminder, I have four birds who refuse to be caged. All of them are in the room with us, and three of them are on our shoulders and head. So, I will not force Missy (laughs) to edit all these bird sounds out, so enjoy. I have a bird on my head and a bird on my shoulder, and they're enjoying a Biscoff biscuit. (laughs) The other one isn't. That's why he sounds so cranky. Do you guys love Biscoff biscuits? We do. Yeah, we recently discovered cookie butter, which I've had cookie butter flavored things, but I haven't had like straight up cookie butter like that's made from Biscoff. It's real dangerous. Uh, yeah. She just gave me some tonight, and I didn't know that was a thing, and now I think I'm going to be ruined for the world. I, I have a feeling it's probably more popular in Europe. Yeah. Possibly, but here in America, we just have peanut butter. Yeah. So this whole cookie butter thing is, like, blowing my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen it at Kroger. And when I'm going through Pinterest and stuff, there's a lot of, like, cookie butter flavored things, but I didn't really know what it was, to be honest. I also don't know how much it costs, because I went into the grocery store for the first time in, like, I don't really remember how long. And so, usually I spend, mm, you know, 60 bucks a week just for myself for grocery shopping, and this week I spent, like, a good... $267. (laughs) So I need to go back to click list because I clearly don't have any control. Um, And for those of you who don't know, click list is where you order your groceries online and then they just, they find it for you and then they load it into your car. So now we can see how the pandemic has saved you money clearly. Yeah. It's just too tempting to be like walking down the aisles and see things that you didn't know you wanted until you saw it. Right. I have a habit of when I'm at the grocery store, when I see, like, I don't know how much the cookie butter was. It was on a display and there weren't any price tags and I just put it in my cart. I put a jar of cookie butter and a sleeve of Biscoff cookies in my cart and I don't know how much they cost. Wow. You might not. I mean, maybe once you learn how much it costs, because you're you're a lot more um, fiscally responsible than I am. Well, it's really good. It's delicious. Well, and the only thing that I would be aware of is, you know, like Nutella. Nutella is really sweet and it's chocolatey, but it's made from hazelnuts, so it's technically a health food. It's technically healthy to put on a, a sandwich <laughs> and have a Nutella sandwich. Cookie butter, there. I read the ingredients. There ain't nothing but cookies and oil in that. So don't go spreading that on a piece of bread for lunch because you're gonna. I'm not gonna spread it on anything. I'm just gonna just eat it by the jar. Or, I mean, it would be really good on pretzels to dip pretzels in it, which is what I do with Nutella as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be really good. That would be really, you know, pretzels are healthy. You know, that'd be a healthy little snack. We're really playing it fast and loose with the word healthy, aren't we? <laughs> uh, maybe. We won't think about that too hard. 
Anywho, how was your week, Missy? Oh my gosh. I need to detox. Like, for real. Every time we talk, I feel like disclaiming myself that nothing that I ever have to say is original. I always struggle to say anything because I'm like, well, that's already been said before. That's already been seen before. That's already been evaluated before. But I'm going to try not to do it. So I think true crime right now, maybe it's just me, but it seems to be sort of blowing up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just me noticing it more and it hasn't. Or if it really is, like, everybody seems to be super obsessed with it. Yeah. So, basically, I am totally convinced that I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> like, it is the only thing that I have thought about all week is that I'm going to get murdered. And I'm probably going to get murdered by somebody that I know. Yeah. It might be me. It, it could be you. It could be my husband. So, first of all, I've been into a couple of podcasts, which are more true crime oriented creepy caffeine is one mm -hmm. they're a mix of supernatural but also true crime as well and then memento mori pod i've been listening to which is really good but again it's about true crime right so then i didn't have enough of that i had to have visuals i never get to watch documentaries when i'm with my family because my husband isn't really into it as much so i try not to put him through it but i just had some time alone and I jumped on Netflix and I turned on American Murder, The Family Next Door again. I know a lot of people are a lot more plugged in than I am, but just context, you have to understand, I don't watch the news. I don't really get on social media. I just am not engaged a whole lot in the world around me because it's so depressing. And, some, and that makes some people mad because they think, well, you're just sticking your head in the sand and you're not, you know, engaging. But I don't care because I know how I am and I get very easily affected mm -hmm. by some of these things, which is why I just don't engage. But then sometimes I decide I really hate myself <laughs> and I, I engage hardcore. So I feel like when this was happening, it was probably a pretty big deal. And I probably should have already known the name and the background of this the family in this documentary, but it has fucked me up. Like, I cannot stop thinking about it. And I don't want to say too much in case our listeners want to watch it or you want to watch it, but it just hit so close to home. I mean, they seemed like this normal family, and the mom had an internet presence, and they looked so normal. Two little girls... And the husband and wife seemed pretty happy, and they joked around with each other, and she was open and honest about, hey, I'm kind of difficult to deal with, but my husband is awesome, and he puts up with it, and he's a saint for it. I say the same things about my husband. And then all these things start to unravel, and I am just, I can't stop thinking about it. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that the husband did murder his wife. I think that that's pretty obvious from the beginning. And so I am just completely convinced that my husband is going to kill me now. <laughs> I have not let him live it down. For the last week, I can't tell you how many times I have said, please don't murder me. Please don't murder me. Please don't kill me. If you decide you don't want this life anymore, if you decide you want to do something else, be with someone else, go somewhere else, just do it. Yeah. I'm begging him not to kill me. <laughs> So anyway, and there's some other parts of that whole story that end up unraveling that are just so 
disturbing. You know, sometimes when you watch documentaries, and it's like way back when, you know, like before we were born, you kind of disconnect from it a little bit. You're like, oh, well, you know, that happened back in the 60s, so things have changed, even though that's not true. Right. But you just give yourself this sense of false security when you hear that. But this was so freaking recent. And again, I know, I, I have my head in the sand. I'm sure that this was huge news. I'm probably the last person to have heard about it. But since I am just now hearing about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That happened? Yeah. Like, okay, to give you an example how out of touch I am, I'm listening to Memento Mori Pod, and she's talking about the John Bonet case. And I'm like listening to it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that happened? <laughs> and I mean, I remember that was really big, but when it was happening, I was younger and I didn't... Yeah, I mean, you get, a, you get a pass with the whole John Bonet thing because I remember being like really young and seeing that in like magazines, like, oh, 10 years ago we fit, we found out who John Bonet's killer is. And I'm like, who's John Bonet? Did we? I see, I didn't finish it. I was listening on my way over here. Don't spoil it. I don't know who actually did it. Oh, I don't, I don't think they do, they don't know. Well, they still don't know. Okay. No, I think it's, I mean, unless, again, you know, my head is also in the sand. So, if John Bonet's killer has been found, you know, let us know. But as far as I'm aware, it's a cold case. Okay. So for I don't know if this was like international news, but for anybody who doesn't know, John Bonet Ramsey was a like a toddler, not like t- not she was like like a child pageant star. Yeah, who was murdered by we're not sure, but her family is highly suspect, and it was a huge, 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 huge case here. Especially because, again, if go listen to Memento Mori podcast, and she'll give you, like, some of the details that make it, that kind of explain why it's such a strange case. There were just so many different elements to it that just made it very weird. I mean, it's bad enough for, obviously, a child to be murdered, but there were just so many weird circumstances surrounding it that I think blew it up even more. Yeah. So, anyway... I really, I need you to, like, join in my misery and watch American Murder, The Family Next Door. You know when you watch something and it just won't leave? And you almost wish you hadn't because you feel like my life will never be the same. My perspective of the world will never be the same. Mm -hmm. Again, these kinds of things, I know they happen all the time. If I would just watch the news, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But how horrible people can be just never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. And I know that's a really dreary, dark view of the world. And I don't always feel that way. But you just go through these phases, you yeah. know, where you just want to be, is it just us? I don't know. Does anybody else do this where you just like basically self-flagellate yourself with like dark, disgusting, horrible, bad things that people do to each other and you try to scare the shit out of yourself and watch the scariest movies you can, and look up every crazy serial killer. And if it's, like, not disturbing, you're not interested. Yeah. So I watched that, and my husband was... He he came home towards the end of me watching American Murder, and I was bawling my eyes out. It's devastating. That's not a normal thing that I do, but that's how much it affected me. Right. And he was just like okay, you need to go watch The Office now. And it was off. (laughs) And immediately I turned on Night Stalker. (laughs) 
which if you don't know what Night Stalker is, it's a docu-series on Netflix about a crazy-ass serial killer, again, in America. It's in the... 85 is when he went on. It's Richard Ramirez is the name of the serial killer, and he started on his... I didn't know that yet. I didn't finish it. Oh, no. How dare you? (laughs) Well, they don't say his name in the first episode. (laughs) So, Missy started watching this because, I don't know, maybe our, like, psychic juju was, like, there was something in the air, but she was watching American Murder, My Husband's Gonna Kill Me, and I was like, hmm, I'm gonna watch Night Stalker. I like true crime, I like hearing about it, but I don't usually like documentaries, or, like, Forensic Files was never something that I was into. I also think that our mom, like... Burn us out. Burn us out because that's all she watched. I mean, our mom is like major into true crime. So I I kind of got burnt out on that. And so I don't normally watch that kind of stuff. I picked up Night Stalker. And so Night Stalker. Missy is being soups distracting. <laughs> She's flinging Biscoff crumbs all over my family room. But yeah, I started watching that. I don't think I've ever watched a true crime docuseries or show where I was just like, I am petrified. This is insanity because this guy, I'm not giving anything away. This is the sh- this is like stuff that they say in the first episode, but this guy went on a, a killing rampage in the span of months and the way that he killed these people and just how random it was. I mean, usually serial killers have some sort of pattern, some sort of they kill women or they kill or they're into kids or they're into or, kids or yeah. but this guy was like everywhere. No rhyme or reason, an evil evil person. It it's a terrifying. If you want to scare the shit out of yourself, watch that documentary because it is taint. Yeah. And again, it's like I feel like just listening to how insane it is, as I'm watching the documentary, I'm like, how have I not heard of this before? And I, I just keep assuming, well, it must just be me because I don't listen. I don't pay attention to anything. But, I mean, it's obviously a really popular documentary for a reason. Right. If every if it was old news and everybody had already heard about it and knew all the details, then it wouldn't be number you know, top 10 and on Netflix. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had heard of Richard Ramirez before. I didn't know the details. I knew that he was a serial killer, but I didn't know what kind or how many people he killed or Ted Bundy is another one where I think that that movie was Zac Efron. What is that called? Shockingly evil and incredibly vile or something like that. Yeah. I watched that one and I had, I had very little knowledge of Ted Bundy. And after I watched that one, I was like, Oh, what the fuck? And so I, like, Googled it, and what I read was just, he was such an evil person. Just, like, how many women he killed. And, I mean, they still don't know. They don't have a full body count for him. I mean, and he didn't admit to a lot of them. I I think someone, I can't remember the, the exact number, so don't quote me on this, but he was being interviewed or something, and they asked him, you know, did you kill 50 women? And he was basically like, yeah, if you add another zero to that, that's probably close to it. Some Somewhere along the lines of that kind of comment where it was much, much more than what people thought. It's just nuts. It is nuts. And I mean, 
listening to Creepy Caffeine, some of the stuff that they have on, well, and Memento Mori, some of the things, the stories that they talk about, they even admit, like, yeah, we've never heard of this story before. We just stumbled across this. And the stories that they tell are so insane. You know, I just assumed that whenever there's, like, heinous crimes, you know, I think of Casey Anthony. You know, that was huge news. I was in high school, I think, when the whole Casey Anthony case was going on. Which, those of you who don't know who Casey Anthony is, and this is giving me this look like, what the fuck are you talking I will, about? I've definitely heard the name, but I don't know. I, I don't know what. So, basically, Casey Anthony was accused of murdering her daughter. And her daughter was a toddler. And they found her... I can't remember whether they found her buried, but basically it was very obvious. It was super obvious that the mom did it, but she got she got away with it. She she was found not guilty, I guess because she was up for the death penalty and because of that people didn't wanna say she was guilty. I don't know. This is why I don't engage, because the John Bonet thing, that was a kid. There were kids involved in the documentary that I just watched. There were kids involved in this Night Stalker thing. Kids involved in the Casey Anthony that you just mentioned. Again, I'm not saying anything original here, but when there are kids involved, I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. It's awful. But the thing is, is that, you know, I just thought, okay, that's a heinous crime. But some of these things that have just, like, flown under the radar, no one's ever heard of them, that I'm like, how in the world? There's just so much. There's so much bad stuff going on. There's so much murder and... Yeah. Disgusting behavior that the news just can't catch it all. Yeah. You're like, if I haven't heard of that, what else don't I know about? And basically, you just don't want to go outside anymore. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, the thing is, like, in reality, we can't live that way. And I know that if I was going to be, like, this strong, strong person that I want to be, I would say I'm not going to be bullied and I'm not going to let fear control what I do or how I live my life. But also, I look at some of the horrible things that have happened to these people and I'm like, you know, these this last year just staying at home hasn't been that bad. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because I just started another documentary called The Ripper. <laughs> and there was a woman who literally just said what you just said where she was like, I, you know, I wasn't going to be held captive and this person wasn't going to wasn't going to scare me into not living my life and not being a free person and she went out and she got she was attacked she survived but she she was attacked oh my gosh i mean like you said maybe it's good that we're all stuck at home <laughs> aside from the just going out thing everybody i see and like you probably have children in your basement yeah you probably raped three people last night Yeah. You probably have a dead body in your trunk. The fact that everyone probably passes by or encounters a murderer or a serial killer at some point in their life. Yeah. Is really eerie. Yeah, it is. I had somebody, I had a guy come in today who was fixing my furnace and he was a real nice guy. It doesn't matter. They all are. All murderers are nice. But (laughs) they're all just lovely people. It's not that I'm necessarily assuming that people are murderers or or that I was like, I wasn't afraid of him. I think really more what went through my mind is 
how frail life is, how frail our relationships are, how frail reality is, Mm -hmm. how close to being killed am I if he decided that's what he wanted to do? You know what I mean? I was home by myself with my four-year-old who he wouldn't be able to stop anything. Mm -hmm. It just really hit home. And I guess maybe this speaks positively to humankind that it's possible to be murdered all the time, every day, constantly, if people wanted to do that. Yet, a lot of us are still alive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And I'm like, okay, I guess that's a way that you could look at it positively. Mm -hmm. But that's not where my mind is right now. Yeah. So I'm basically constantly thinking about how close I am to getting throat choked. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like you say something positive and then I'm like, yeah, but remember. (laughs) But (laughs) people have died on that, right? (laughs) But I mean, you're right. Life is so, I mean, how close, how close you, you can come to that being your last day. I mean, I remember in the building that you used to work with, work in downtown, there wasn't there like a mass shooting. And it was maybe a couple blocks from where you yeah a currently work. Got shot in the area where we very very frequently went to go get coffee. Some and, guy just yeah for no reason just brought a bunch of bullets and a bunch of guns and just started shooting willy nilly. And I mean, even to get a little dark, even darker than that, it's like <laughs> going back to the American murder thing. I'm like, how close am I really? To getting strangled every time I piss my husband off. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the other way around, like, how does he know that I'm not just going to snap and just black out and kill him? You know what I mean? It's just, it's so scary. Now, I mean, the other thing is, I think that there is a line that divides between the people who want to do it or might think about doing it or fantasize about doing it (laughs) and the people who actually do it. I mean, that's a pretty big gap. Yeah. But I'm just saying there's no way I'm watching this show. This woman obviously had zero inkling, zero, that that's where her husband was at. Yeah. Obviously. She did not know. Right. You're like, well, what don't I know? Right. About how close the people around me are to snapping. Right. It is like, just that snap. Like, there are probably so many people who... Not everyone who, who kills is a psychopath or sociopath or whatever they're called who have no feelings or empathy or respect for human life. Some some people are just people who just, like, blacked out. Yeah. And they just... They really do get pushed too far. It's still not okay, but those are the scenarios... I mean, they're... I don't know about you, but there have been people that I have worked with where I'm like, I don't ever want to push them too far because Mm -hmm. they always seem like, and I'm not saying they were always angry. People who just their behavior, you're like, I can just see it. Mm -hmm. I can just see you getting pushed a little bit too far and you're just always suspect of it. Although they always say that it's the people that you never would have imagined that actually do snap. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, should we switch things up, or do you want to still, do you want to, did you have any other um, dark documentaries that we wanted to bum our audience out on? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if anybody has any suggestions. Yeah, we're clearly in a, on one of these scared shitless. Well, I was just going to say, it's kind of like, you know, when you're really sad, like you're really, really down, and you're like, I am going to find every single movie 
about a couple where the wife has cancer and is dying of cancer or they both have cancer or the kid has cancer. <laughs> Movies about cancer, like that's all you want to watch when you're just the lowest of the low. You're just, you just need more of it. You yeah, and you just like, you go and you, you find the songs that always made you cry. Yeah. Why do that? I don't know. And you know, the funny thing is, I mentioned to you earlier when we were talking before we were recording, you'd almost be able to understand this behavior a month or two ago when I was going through like a legitimate phase of depression. Mm -hmm. You'd think that's when I'd be into that. Mm -hmm. That's not when I was into it. Thank goodness, because that could have been a really bad combination. Right. I'm fully medicated now and I'm in a good place. I'm feeling fine, and now's the time I'm like, nah, 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 nah. You're feeling a little bit too good. Let's bring it down a notch <laughs> and watch all these movies about how you just can't trust anyone <laughs> and how you're probably going to get murdered. So anyway, no, open to suggestions. Open to podcasts if there are other podcasts that people yeah. like to listen to. I do know there are a ton of true crime podcasts. The, the hard part just like those of you who are listening to us, thank you so, so much because there are tons of options out there mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to spread your time out because I just, I want to listen to all of them. Right. And I am not a freak like you and I feel like I have to listen to them from beginning to end and I can't just jump around and there's just not enough time. So I have to go by recommendations to decide, okay, this is the one that I'm going to try. See, I don't, I don't like listening. I'm not a freak, okay? I want to give the podcasts that I listen to the best chance of me continuing to listen to them because I am assuming that most podcasts start out like us where, you know, maybe our first few episodes were pretty rough. And if that's what you thought all of our episodes were, you'd be like, man, I don't think I can do that. (laughs) Which, I mean, maybe you're listening to this episode and you're like, you haven't really changed all that much. I still don't think I can listen to you guys. <laughs> but, for example, I listen to one podcast and I'm like, okay, fine. I will listen to, you know, the first three episodes. And I was kind of like, not really feeling it. But, I don't know. Maybe I would feel different if I started out in the middle. I don't know. I mean, I get it in theory, but there's just a piece of me that breaks a little bit inside when I don't go in order and listen to all of it. I don't know. I just see. I think that that makes the only you one is anybody else way more of a freak. Weird like that. That, that kind of, that that something that simple makes you break a little inside. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Come on, guys. I think I'm here. the normal one, and you're the freak. Fine, I guess. I don't know. Anywho, let's switch things up, Missy. We really got off on a tangent last week. Surprise, surprise. And we did not even get through half of our list of topics about how clumsy and what buffoons we are. Yeah, somehow we started talking about, like, basically physical things that we've done to be awkward. And I went on this giant tangent about, oh, I apparently hate women. (laughs) Which, whatever. (laughs) She's... Over I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even, <laughs> we're not even gonna go there. Yeah, don't get me started again. <laughs> About how much she hates. Hate and annoying. Slutty. Slutty. <laughs> <laughs> 
All women are so slutty. All and women are sluts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, anywho, Missy, how about you kick us off? Okay, so here's a pretty good one. Parents, please back me up here. Send me a message so I know I'm not alone. This one time, and my son was about two years old at the time, and you know, your kids are always underfoot. I was opening something in the kitchen with a pair of scissors. I dropped the scissors, and it literally nicked the soft skin, like, right under his eye. Like, above his cheek and right below his eye. If it had been a centimeter up, I would have blinded my child because I was such a butterfinger with the... Yikes. And I felt so terrible. But also, I'm like, what are you supposed to do about gravity? (laughs) (laughs) You know? I thought you were going to say, but also, that'll teach him to be under my feet all the time (laughs) at the age of two. (laughs) But you blamed it on gravity, not your son, so that's... I blamed it on gravity, not my son, and not myself. Yes. Also, speaking of being clumsy with kids, when I was a teenager, I used to babysit all the time, and I was watching these two kids, and one of them was a baby. He couldn't walk, so he had to be held, and I was holding him, and I turned, and I clocked his noggin (laughs) on a pillar that was in the middle of the living room, and as smooth as I am, they had cameras in the house. (laughs) The first thing I did after I knocked his block off (laughs) was immediately turn around and stare into the camera. (laughs) I can only assume that they didn't actually work because knowing the family, they would have said something. And by the way, he was fine. He didn't even cry. But it's not really something that you would want to put on your babysitting resume, per se. Yeah. (laughs) True. I'm not saying that I, I, I wouldn't do this if I was a parent, but I just fucking hated when I found out. I never did anything wrong when I was babysitting. Like, we were both excellent babysitters, but knowing that there's a camera in the house makes me furious. Even when I'm not babysitting, if I'm in a house and I know that there's cameras in the house, I am so mad. <laughs> yeah. Are you about to tell me that you have cameras in your house? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I'm about to tell you that I, I really, I do understand. Like, people can do whatever they want and have cameras in their house, but it doesn't, it's just, it's annoying. Yeah. Like, there are just some things where it's like, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. It just annoys me. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. Because even the whole ring thing, the ring doorbell, Mm -hmm. which, again, I don't know if that's just in America or in an international thing, but it's basically a camera that you put by your door. It's also a doorbell. We have one, and it annoys me. Like, for example, anytime I walk in and out the door, my husband can just watch me, or if I'm standing out on the porch talking to someone... He can listen in on the conversation. And I'm using my husband as an example because we're the only two people who have the app. Right. I'm not doing anything I don't want him to hear, but it just annoys me. And I'll, I'll walk into my house and I'll, and I'll just remember that it's there. And I'll annoy myself that we have a ring doorbell. Yeah. Does that make any sense? No, it, it totally makes sense. Because my fiancé has cameras on. He doesn't have a ring doorbell, but he has motion cameras mm-hmm. around his house. 
So when anyone pulls in the driveway or anyone walks through the door, he gets a notification. And it makes me so angry. And there was one time where we went on vacation. He put one of the cameras in the house so that if anyone broke in, he would see them in the house. And I walked in and I saw the camera and I was immediately just like, you gotta fucking turn that off. And he's like, it's off, it's off, it's not even on. I put it on when we went on vacation. And I'm like, good. Again, not doing anything, but I don't like on camera. The other thing that really irritates me about him having cameras is, so I don't know if I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I have a motorcycle and I keep it at his house because I don't have a garage. And it's winter right now, so you can't ride it anyway, so it's in the garage. But on nice days, every once in a while you get a warm, sunny day, you might want to go ride your bike. Well, I'm not amazing. I'm a little rusty. I haven't ridden in a while. And it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to drop my bike. I've dropped my bike maybe two or three times in the driveway because that's when you usually drop your bike. That's usually when you fall is when you're going really slow. Right. There's, there was one time where I pulled my bike out and he was home and on my way out, I just like, I hit the brakes too fast. So I just kind of swerved. I was on gravel and I just fell hard. Ooh. And the only thing that I could think of is please, dear God, have him not have been watching me. Yeah. And he came out to help me and I'm like, I just wish that he, he wouldn't have. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was so embarrassed. Yeah. And not that I should be, because he's dropped his bike too, by the way. I'm throwing him under the bus. I've had to help him out from underneath his bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but And he's been riding a hell of a lot longer than I have. But knowing that I don't even have the, okay, well, I can sneak over there when he's not home, and I can ride my bike. No, I can't. Because then he'll just see my failure on camera while he's at work. <laughs> I don't know if that's just awkward people, but it, for me it doesn't matter what it is. Like, whether I was successful with the bike, I don't ride a motorcycle, but if what I was doing worked or didn't work, I don't want you watching me. Mm -hmm. Don't look at me. Mm -hmm. No matter what I'm doing, just don't look at me. I think it's actually healthy to still be hesitant and want privacy because that's kind of been a theme in countries where some really bad shit has happened, that you lose your privacy and people are watching you and are judging what you do, and then it turns into making you do only what they want you to do. Yeah. I think it's very healthy to desire and want and demand privacy. Yeah. Um, Because especially, like, now we have Alexa, and we have Siri, and we have Google, and we have all these things that are listening to us all the time, and before you know it, you're getting, you know, suggestions, and you never, for things that you technically needed but you never actually shopped for right so i think it's a good thing whether it's only for awkwards or not to still hold dear the idea that some things just are not for the public to see. yeah and with the whole working from home thing and feeling like you've constantly got your computer cameras on oh gosh yeah luckily my camera is on my laptop and my laptop is closed but if I had a camera that was, you know, not, it w- there would be a post-it note over it at all times. No, you don't need to see me working. Not doing anything that I shouldn't be, but you don't need to be watching me work. Yeah. And I mean, and the other thing with the bike specifically is I'm not making excuses. You know, I made a mistake on the bike, but I was also 
distracted because I was thinking, I hope he's not watching me. I hope he's not watching me. I hope he's not watching me. Rather than focusing on the bike, I was like, don't make a fool out of yourself. Don't make a fool out of yourself. And that's when you make a fool out of yourself. Yeah, I am just so jealous of the personality types that are just like, I am who I am. I'm doing what I'm doing. Watch. Don't watch. It's all the same to me because I have enough confidence in myself that it doesn't matter. I'm going to do what I'm doing whether people are looking or not. I'm just so jealous of that. Because even if I'm good at something, I don't really want people to watch. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we ride horses. People's idea of us riding horses is probably more glamorous than us actually riding the horses. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want to just be able to say, yeah, I ride horses. And people are like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. It is, but don't watch me do it. Because exactly. you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be exactly. very disappointed. That's a really good example. Sometimes when people watch you, riding is a good example because just like I hate women, I hate other equestrians. <laughs> There's really, the list of people that she likes are very short. A female equestrian? Oh, don't, don't oh, even Don't even bother. talk to her. <laughs> but... Equestrians in general tend to be like super judgmental. There's always this microscope on and there's a different definition of what's good writing. Yeah. And I just don't give a shit. Yeah. I want to do what I want to do and I don't want anybody judging me and I don't want anybody's opinions. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want any, your advice if you're like, well, if you hold the reins, no, since we're on the horse topic. So let's take the focus off of us and how clumsy and bumbling we are and let's let's shine our horses are the real bumbling idiots (laughs) both of us have had our horses on top of us (laughs) like uh i mean i remember riding clyde we were going across a field and we were going down a hill maybe a little bit too fast it hadn't rained or anything, but I guess the grass was kind of slick, and he slipped and, like, fell on his side, and my leg was underneath him, and it broke my saddle. He fell hard. He was fine. He didn't even get up. He just, like, laid back up and sat up and then ate grass. Yes. I remember one time I was riding with a friend, and she was riding Clyde, and he did the same exact thing. He was... I think we were just walking, literally. We were just walking, and he slipped in the grass and fell and didn't get up. He laid there and ate grass Yeah. while she sat there on top of him, trying to get him to stand back up. Yeah. He might have been just playing. Like, he might have been like, oops, I slipped and fell. Because he also has the habit of just flat out laying down and rolling while you're riding, then he just wants to stay down there because it's close to where the grass is. Yeah. I mean, I know he's done that to your other friend where you guys went riding and he got in a creek and he was just like, oh, I'm just going to lay down in this creek. Yeah. And it wasn't really like creek as in water. It was like, it was a creek, except it's just mud now. (laughs) And the funny thing is he went down to roll And my friend was so spry that he was able to jump off unscathed. But when he was trying to walk across the creek, he ended up stepping on a rock and slipping and full-on fell right into the mud. (laughs) (laughs) 
It was like one of those slow motion things where he like stepped on the rock and he like almost caught his balance about 20 different times and then ultimately <laughs> just went down. I was dying. And I didn't really care that he was stuck in the mud and couldn't move and was about to maybe get stepped on by a giant draft horse. I was just taking pictures. Yeah, Clyde's good for that. I don't think that there's anyone that you've had ride him. Without incident? Without incident. (laughs) Yeah, I remember one time we went on a trail ride and he just decided he was done. We were out in the middle of nowhere and he was just like, I'm not taking another step. That one was embarrassing. We went out riding with a bunch of people, and it was you and me and our mom and our mom's friend and her husband and my fiancé then boyfriend at the time. And my boyfriend and I hadn't been dating very long, but we we went on this really long trail ride. All of a sudden, Clyde just decided he would not move. I don't know what to do. And I think I know what the issue was. The issue was is that he was really thirsty, and all the creeks were dried up. All the horses that were on the trail, aside from Clyde, were all these more athletic, smaller, can go for a long time, lots of stamina. And Clyde isn't that horse. You know, he's he's really big. He's like a lot of power for a short duration. And he was just so thirsty. My baby was thirsty. Such a thirsty baby. They, everyone else ended up going on, and my boyfriend stayed back with me, and he was helping me get Clyde back up to the barn, and you could just tell he was pissed. (laughs) He was not happy. Your boyfriend? Yes. (laughs) I don't think we talked on the walk to the barn. He was really upset that he had to walk back, but he did it. He wasn't happy about it, though. (laughs) (laughs) So Missy's horse is a Tennessee walker, and so Clyde is just this big, muscly, the kind of bodybuilder that can't touch his own shoulders. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And Ted is Hussein Bolt, but he doesn't really think before he goes fast. I remember before you owned Ted, a family friend owned him, and we would ride him when we were kids. And I remember he would, like, circle around so fast that he'd almost fall over on himself. Yeah, he has literally fallen over on me before just because he'll turn around, turn too fast, and not be able to keep his feet under him. He's like the Jack Russell Terrier of horses. Yeah. And Clyde is, like, the Mastiff. Yeah. What other comparisons can we make? Do you guys need any more visuals? metaphors. Yeah, do you guys need any more parallels or analogies? Anyway, the worst thing that's ever happened with my horse not being able to keep his feet out from under him is we were on a several mile trek from the farm where we keep them up to another farm where we were going to keep them and we were Run, galloping, running, on cantering, I guess. It wasn't a full-out run, Mm-mm. but we were going faster than a trot, and he was going, starting to get too fast. He has no brakes. He gets to a point where you're going to lose him, mm-hmm. and you're going to completely lose control, so I always have to be careful to stay in control, so I needed to slow him down, so I turned him, because anytime you turn the horse's head, they can't go as fast. And what he decided to do was trip, step on the rein, which in turn jerked his head down, and he did a full, full 
on somersault. And in that split second, for me, it was like a slow motion. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I could see this like giant horse ass coming down over top of me. <laughs> and I like squirmed to get out of the way. And I did for the most part, but my leg got caught, just slammed mm-hmm. by his giant ass. I mean, if I hadn't moved, then it would have been the saddle horn in my abdomen or my ribs. So I guess my leg getting crushed was better. To make all of this better, my husband, who could really give a shit less about horses, he thinks that they're like our dad. He thinks their main goal in life is to kill us all. (laughs) And he's not wrong. He was following us in the car. So all of this happened right in front. Of him. He thought he had literally just witnessed me die. Mm-hmm. Right in front of his eyes. And I'm sure you thought that too. Yeah, I was behind you. I, I know you were thing. scared. But you were closer to me so that you so you could see that I was alive at least a little bit faster. Yeah. Because he, he had to pull over and like run up the hill <laughs> to find me. That was maybe, I don't know, 200 feet away from our beginning Yeah, that was like the first five minutes of our ride. The first five minutes of maybe our two-hour ride. So my leg is totally crushed. My bones are not broken, but I honestly don't know what's wrong with my leg at this point. And we just had to ride, get back on the horse and ride for the next two hours. I think it's one of those things where adrenaline is your friend. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it hurt, but I was like, there's no choice. There's nowhere to go. We have to get home. Right. But after we got home and the adrenaline simmered down, I literally was like, I'm pretty sure my muscles got turned into applesauce. (laughs) And to this day, I don't really have feeling in certain parts. Or, like, I have feeling, but when you push on it, it's like, something's not right there. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'll be more of an issue when I, as I get older. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, when you're, as your body gets older, some of those things stupid shit you did when you were young start to come back and be like, hey, remember when you were 20 and thought that it was funny to do that? Mm-hmm. I'm back. Yeah. You remember that one time that I we were riding and I don't even know what happened. He stopped too abruptly, but I somersaulted over his neck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to blame that one on Clyde. You shouldn't have stopped so fast. No, blame it on gravity. Oh, yeah, blame it on gravity. Or, you know, did Clyde slip? Probably. It's highly likely. So, I mean, it's really not in the realm of being awkward or clumsy, but just while we're on the topic of stupid shit that we've done on horses, do you? we also had a Shetland pony who has passed. since passed. <laughs> we used to ride her. Now, okay, a quick disclaimer, if you don't know anything about Shetland ponies, they are not fragile at all. And we used to ride her, like, all the time. Just sort of hack around on her. I mean, we were really tall, but not as heavy as we are now. (laughs) And she could handle it. I remember one time I was riding my full-size horse in the arena, and I made you ride Shotzi. I mean, and also pony skin is like, it's like ponies have skin, enough skin for two ponies to fit in it. But only one pony is actually in it. You know what I mean? It's just so loose. It's not... I just feel like when you rode Shotzi, it was like 
There was no firmness. You know what I mean? Um, so, <laughs> no, I don't think I do. I wasn't really sure where you were going there when you were like, she had didn't so always much skin. You didn't always feel. <laughs> I'm just imagining the horse that, like, was overweight and then had liposuction and they didn't, like, fix the skin. <laughs> No, pony skin is just so wiggly and loose. Well, you know she was mean? a roly-poly. I mean, so she was just, she was very round. I mean, she was basically like a, a tiny barrel. So <laughs> she was hard to stay upright. A barrel on legs. <laughs> well, anyway, you fell off because I blame it on the loose pony skin. No, no, no. What? You are telling the story all wrong. <laughs> and you fell off because you're not a good rider and you no. cheese grated your back on the arena fence. No. Missy decided I want to make Shotzi canter because Sh- <laughs> the, the thing about Shotzi is that when you rode her, you know, we're teenagers and this little pony couldn't canter while we were riding her. So you decided that if we take two lead ropes, <laughs> and put one on each side of her halter, and you get on your fucking thoroughbred and canter around the arena while dragging her behind you and have me ride Shotzi while you're doing that. And I don't think that we got, you know, a couple yards before I slipped off. And our arena has, our arena had, like, um, split, split rail. rail fence. So this was rough cut wood. <laughs> like, real rough cut wood. <laughs> and I fell off, and I literally scraped my back off. Like, for real. Cheese grater against your back. And she, I'm, like, running around the arena, <laughs> like, holding <laughs> my back is <laughs> I remember that. You were, yeah, you were running around <laughs> Screaming like your hair was on fire. And Missy's laughing her ass off at me. She doesn't ask me if I'm okay. She sees that I just like. This was before like, the time of cell phones. Wrapped so. my body around. No a, pictures. Yeah, no pictures. <laughs> she, I like wrapped my body around a fence post and she's like laughing about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. So. Do you also remember when we decided... So our mom used to make us pick up rocks. My, our mom is just obsessed with rocks. She likes to build things with rocks. <laughs> and but she won't pay for rocks. <laughs> no. She's not going to pay for rocks when there's perfectly good rocks around, you know, around the field. Yes. So we were tasked with getting rocks. And we decided, why should we be doing all this work when we have perfectly good horses? Mm-hmm. So we decided to take my schizo thoroughbred and tie buckets to her back. Every single bucket we owned, <laughs> including a very expensive big bucket that we got our mom for Mother's Day <laughs> that was like $50. We like took buckets and we used lead ropes and we like <laughs> tied all the buckets and then we, we put them on her like she was a pack mule. Right. And that didn't work because she flipped the fuck out. We put one rock in there. (laughs) And she flipped out. She went, like, running across the field, bucking and kicking and throwing all these buckets off of her. Destroyed all of the buckets. So when that didn't work, 
we turned our eye back to the pony and we thought, okay, well, the pony is a lot more chill than the thoroughbred. So we went and we got our childhood red wagon, which had been in the family since I was like a, a little girl. Mm-hmm. And we decided, okay, well, I mean, a wagon is kind of like a cart, so let's just tie the wagon to the pony and make the pony cart rocks around. Well, apparently the pony is not as calm as we thought, because the second we tied tied her to the wagon, she flipped the fuck out and went bucking and running across the field and obliterated the red wagon. Yeah, like the wheel popped off and we had a pond, we have a pond in the field and it like fell in the pond. (laughs) There's, there's chunks of that red wagon in that pond Yeah, to this day. We had a second red wagon, but it wasn't as good. So the first red wagon was like a radio flyer r- wagon yeah. that had like the wood deal. around it so yeah. you could like actually sit it. And the other wagon that we had was really shallow. And so we thought, well, we can't put a lot of rocks in here. So we took a dog kennel and we <laughs> put the dog kennel in the wagon and then we strapped the dog kennel down and then we tied that to Shotzi. And... I would say that we we got a good 10 or 15 rocks. I, I can't remember what when our mom expected us to have this task done, but I imagine that it was a weekend and she was like, I'm going to work. You girls need to go collect rocks and bring them bring them up. She probably expected that we would have, you know, more than 15 rocks in the five to six five to seven hours that we spent on this project. <laughs> Because a lot, a lot went into this think tank of how can we not have to pick up rocks. I think our mom should appreciate our attempted ingenuity. Yeah. We were quite inventive. Not saying that they worked. But I don't think that she appreciated that all of our buckets were destroyed. <laughs> all of our buckets, all of our wagons, no rocks. No. Although our both Shotzi and Molly were unscathed by mm-hmm. the whole thing which was kind of a miracle because they molly especially was very injury prone yeah i think we mentioned before like you know she'd get like a scratch and then her whole body puffed up with with infection yeah for no reason and she would step on herself and we'd have to get her stitches because she would step on herself <laughs> so now that we've sufficiently taken the limelight off of our own clumsy asses yeah, I really like this episode. Yeah. Oh, I remember also one time I was riding with my friend, and we were, air quotes, running on our horses next to each other, and our stirrups got intertwined. Oh. That was scary. Yeah. I also remember when I was a teenager, I've been with my husband since high school, and when I was a teenager, I used to always ride my thoroughbred and make him ride Shossie. <laughs> So imagine this this teenage girl riding this sixteen hand racehorse and this teenage boy on a Shetland pony with his legs dragging the ground. And we used to ride by the road, so you're driving down the road and you see this and I'm like run running ahead of him and he's like, you know, bouncing up and down with his, his his feet dragging the ground trying to keep up just to impress me. Oh my gosh. And these are the kinds of things that will be in the documentary when he murders me because he's finally had enough. <laughs> this isn't nearly as good of a story as, as that, but I remember I had a boyfriend for about two seconds in high school 
he came over, and at that point, I think I had, yeah, I was 16, so I would have had Clyde, and our mom had a horse. I was kind of like, okay, well, go riding with me, but we didn't have enough helmets, (laughs) so I did not give him my helmet. Instead, our mom made him wear... (laughs) A motorcycle helmet. <laughs> like with the full shield? A full face <laughs> motorcycle helmet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All of my riding instructors have always said, don't ride with your boyfriend. Unless he is a rider, like an equestrian himself, until you know you love him, don't watch him ride a horse. Because they look ridiculous. <laughs> That totally makes sense. I mean, I didn't think about that, but yeah, it was rough with the whole full face motorcycle helmet (laughs) and he did not ride horses and our mom's horse was also a draft, which I don't think it's a problem, but my fiance can't, he does not like riding Clyde because he's like, my legs are spread way, way more apart than they have ever been. He doesn't like it. Yeah. Basically, just imagine you saddled up your car and tried to ride it. I, I That's like, riding a draft horse. I think if you took a big couch and you threw a saddle on your couch, that's pretty close. Yeah. Saddle up your smart car, I say. <laughs> a draft is way bigger than a smart car. <laughs> you know what? I had never thought of that because my fiance knew how to ride, which he was kind of for. He doesn't like riding. He doesn't, he's not into horses at all. But his boss was basically like, you're going to learn how to ride a horse. And by the time I had met him, he looked like he knew what he was doing. But little did I know that deep down inside, he's like, I don't want doing this. Yeah. (laughs) I would be interested. It's been years since he's ridden. I would be interested to see what he looks like now. It's been years since we've ridden. It'd be interesting to see what we look like. Yeah, but we don't have to see ourselves while we ride. Yeah. Well, we still got it. Oh, weird. That's not something that you... Mm. You lose strength. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't lose the rhythm. You don't lose his form. Which our mom... I think you're full of it. I mean, that's true. Our mom paid good money for us to be, like, professional riding, like, show quality riders. And then we were like, hey, let's tie a wagon to our pony. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to drag rocks across the field. One time, we had family over at the house. And me and my best friend decided we were going to go ride double on our mom's horse, Daisy. And there's one hill in particular that we got to, like canter up and it was fun my friend and I are both riding Daisy and we're cantering up the hill and Daisy never did this but this one day she decides that she's gonna buck our asses off and so she bucks all the way up this hill and and we like go flying off I mean I think we hung on for a while but we both was it at least eight seconds (laughs) I I doubt it. Did you bring home the belt buckle? It was it was probably it probably felt a lot longer than it actually was. <laughs> but I know I I remember like getting up, being on her neck and like holding on to her neck before I finally fell off. And wouldn't you know it, our dad and our uncle are on the front porch watching us <laughs> while this is happening. Yeah, while dad and and uncle Kevin probably think they just witnessed you guys die. Yeah, again. 
Yeah. Our family is just constantly thinking we're... Well, I don't know why Dad thinks that the horses are out to kill him. I, yeah, I don't... But you know what? I also don't remember there being very much emotion. I remember Dad just being like, yep, what else do I expect? <laughs> yeah, let's clarify. It's not like there was this running over, are you okay... You know, no one came over. They just stood there with their arms crossed on the front porch watching us. Yeah, shaking their heads because it was pretty much par for the course. It just goes back to why we say we can ride horses and it sounds impressive. Now you guys aren't impressed like at all (laughs) because we've we've aired all of our dirty laundry. But people who haven't heard these stories are impressed. But it's like, but no, that's why we don't want to be watched because when we're watched, our horse is going to be an asshole and somersault on us or buck us off and having us hang on their necks or tripping and just pretending to trip so that they can get closer to the grass. Yeah, it's not nearly as um, sophisticated and elegant as it sounds. Yeah. Really, we're just a bunch of hicks. Hicks. All right, so once again, we got kind of derailed again and we are still not through... Our list of times that we were clumsy and embarrassing. Yeah, and um, by the way, guys, it's not lost on us that this the that the therapeutic aspect of this podcast has sort of been um, cast to the side these last couple episodes and probably the next episode. But you know what? Hopefully, you've just been able to listen to us in the background, or we've been able to keep you company while you're driving somewhere, or trying to get some work done, or drowning out your kids screaming. And just had a little bit of a giggle. And yeah. felt like you were having a coffee and chatting with a couple of your buddies. Yeah. But. And if you have anything that you want to tell us or any stories that you think might make us giggle or other people giggle or if you have anything that you want us to talk about because you're sick and tired of this crap, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. If you have any ideas of what you want us to talk about. We will accommodate you. So, it doesn't really make sense, but I have to ask, are you cured? (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. I'm still, A, going to be afraid that someone's going to murder me in my sleep, like the Night Stalker, or that someone will watch me drop my bike or get squished under a horse. I still don't want anyone to watch me, so I guess no, I'm not cured. (laughs) Oh, okay. So our definition of being cured would be that we don't care. We don't care who's looking. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Are you cured? No, I'm not cured. That's pretty much all I have to say. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Awkward's Anonymous. We hope you were comforted to know that you're not the only one thinking those evil thoughts, feeling those crazy feels, or being inappropriately awkward. More than anything, we hope you were entertained. And of course, one of the most important things this podcast can do is to help you meet and support others who thought they were alone. We know it might be one of the hardest things you've ever done, dear introverts, but be bold, be brave, and introduce yourself. Tell us what's on your mind. What has your awkward ass been struggling with this week? Tell us a funny story. We're convinced we're not the only ones dealing with these seemingly irrational feelings and awkward behavior, so neither are you. We'd love to share what you have to say on this podcast just to prove it. And remember, you guys are in control of how many people we reach. Share, follow, like, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback is everything to growing a network of weirdos supporting other weirdos. 
Email us with anything you want to share at awkwardsanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at awkwardsanonymouspodcast. Meet with us every Tuesday to discuss all the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and wacky behavior we experience as awkwards. And really anything else we'd never normally say out loud. Can't wait to hear from you. Bye!